Hello, welcome to the Live to 110 podcast. My name is Wendy Myers, and you can find me on LiveTo110.com. You can also find this video podcast on the YouTube channel, Wendy Live to 110. And there you can also find the Modern Paleo Cooking Show and all kinds of little instructional videos that I've done on health. Today we have Dr. Judine Benoit on the podcast. She's going to be talking about how to heal cavities naturally. Hmm, I wonder if that has anything to do with minerals, so find out. Please keep in mind that this podcast is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease or health condition and is not a substitute for professional medical advice. The Live to 110 podcast is solely informational in nature and for entertainment purposes. Please consult your healthcare practitioner before engaging in any treatment that we suggest today on the show. I'm finally about to launch the Body Bio Rehab Program. This is a program I've been working on for many, many months, and I'm very excited that it's finally going to be coming to fruition. It's probably out by now. We're anticipating a May 1st release, so by the time this podcast is published, it will probably be out already. And this program is going to be talking about all the basics of health, diet, exercise, sleep, stress, and my favorite, detoxification. I get so many questions about you know basic things that have to do with health what diet should I be eating what how much exercise should I be doing and what type um, how do I improve my sleep how do I reduce stress etc and what are the most effective ways to detox so I've answered all these questions in this program and it's very affordable it's $49 and there's a 30-day meal plan there's a very specific diet that you follow the paleo diet on the program for this 30 days and it can help you to lose you know 15 pounds some people can lose 15 pounds in 30 days doing a paleo diet and it can help you to reduce stress and to sleep better and will just give you a very good idea of the basic things you need to do to improve your lifestyle and diet and health. I highly recommend it. Dr. Judine Benoit is a dentist in St. Catharines, Ontario, Canada. She is passionate about helping people improve their teeth and their lives using simple natural techniques. Dr. Judine uses a blended approach to dentistry, combining information she learned in dental school and research from scientific dental journals, along with her love of whole food and holistic thinking to get her clients the results that they seek in her dental practice. Judine, thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me, Wendy. Well, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about, you know, about yourself and how you got into dentistry and writing your book? Okay. Uh, well, I, I'm a dentist and I've been a dentist for seven years, but I've wanted to be a dentist all my life. Um, my dad's a dentist and um, I remember playing with little pink dental mirrors that he would bring home for me as a kid. And I said, I wanted to help people with their teeth, you know, ever since I was a little kid. So here I am. <laughs> Uh, and uh, I'm in uh, Canada, in Ontario. Okay. Right. Yeah. And so let's talk a little bit about if we can heal our teeth and heal cavities. Can teeth really heal? Yes, absolutely. Uh, teeth and cavities can heal. And when you're speaking proper dental terms, the word heal is only used in reference to cavities that are very, very small. So small that the surface has not been broken yet. So in proper dental terms, 
when you say that a cavity has healed, it's referring to a cavity that's very small. Most people don't even realize that it's a cavity because the surface has not been broken. So that's proper dental terms. The you know general public, when they say they want to heal a cavity, what they're referring to, I think, is is properly termed remineralization and arrested decay. So if you if you say that um, you know I, I have a cavity, someone has a cavity and there's a, a hole in the tooth, usually that's what most people know as a cavity, and they say they want to heal that cavity, technically in proper dental terms, that's not possible because the tooth structure cannot grow back. So once you have a hole, the tooth structure does not grow back. It's like if you accidentally cut your fingertip off, the fingertip does not grow back. Yes. You can't say, you know, I'm reversing the process or I'm healing my fingertip back. Okay. It's the same with cavities. The tooth missing tooth structure does not grow back, but the finger, the, the finger can, you know, what seems like heal, right? The, the, the skin will become hard and there's no risk of infection. It's not bleeding. It's going to function just like a normal finger, very healthy. And that's exactly what can happen with cavities as well. The surface remineralizes. The, the minerals are put back into the tooth and the tooth is functioning in a healthy way. It does usually does not require a restoration. And this is what people want and they say they want a tooth to heal i think and that's properly termed arrested decay and remineralization yeah so i love that that you talk about remineraliz remineralization because when i started my mineral power program which is very much focused on minerals and remineralizing the body my tooth sensitivity went away i, w I had horrible tooth sensitivity because i was just flooding my body and my teeth with minerals that's yeah that's awesome um, yeah, so cavities can be either active or arrested. Mm -hmm. An active cavity is when there's continual demineralization occurring. So demineralization is the removal of minerals. And demineralization means that the cavity is, is uh, progressing, it's growing bigger. This is never good. So an active cavity is not good. Yeah. An arrested cavity has once been an active cavity, but remineralization has occurred. The minerals were put back into the tooth, not missing tooth structure. So the tooth does not grow back, but the minerals put back in and the cavity is no longer progressing. It's no longer growing. This is always a good situation. Arrested decay is good. So cavities are not necessarily bad. It's the active cavities that are bad. Arrested cavities are great. Yeah. Usually when people talk about a cavity, they're talking about an active cavity, but technically there's active and arrested. So how does someone go about healing their teeth naturally? Okay, well, that's, <laughs> that's a big question. I wrote a whole book on how to do it. Um, when you look at what causes a cavity, it's, it's two important factors. So bacteria 
plus a susceptible individual equals disease. And this combination is actually the same for many diseases and health conditions. Like, for example, someone sneezes on an airplane, you know, some people get sick, some people don't. It's the same it's the same two necessary factors, you know, the bacteria or virus plus the susceptible individual and equals the sickness. So same with cavities, cavity causing bacteria plus a susceptible individual equals a cavity. So you can address both of those factors, the, the bacteria factor and the susceptible individual factor. The most commonly promoted ways in modern dentistry to address those factors, you know, bacteria, we brush and floss our teeth, susceptible tooth, um, we use fluoride to harden the tooth. There are lots of other ways that happen to be natural as well that, that we can do to address both those factors. So um, some things that I talk about in my book are saliva and how saliva you know, the different factors that relate to saliva, like allergies and mouth breathing, even stress. Um, there's pH, buffering capacity, matrix metalloproteinases, uh, hormones, even dentin fluid, like fluid within the teeth, all of these things. Uh, and of course, food, which relate to pretty much all those factors I just mentioned, um, are ways that people can uh, address both the bacteria and the susceptible individual factors. Yeah. Are you a fan of ozone using ozone to kill bacteria in the mouth? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I don't know too much about it myself. I don't do that in my office, but I know, uh, I know dentists that do and they think it's great. People think it's great. So yeah, I'm all yeah. for for that. Okay. Yeah. And, um, are, are there some cavities that are impossible to heal where you, you've just reached a point of no return in healing them naturally? Yeah. So a cavity causes a cavity is caused by demineralization. So the minerals are removed from the tooth and the more minerals that are removed, the harder it is to replace those minerals back with remineralization. So so simply put, the more demineralization, the less likely the tooth will be to, to remineralize. Also, exposure to saliva is very important. So a cavity that has very limited exposure to saliva is going to be very hard to remineralize. Saliva contains the minerals necessary to do the remineralization. So if there's no exposure to saliva or limited exposure, then um, then it's less likely to happen. For example, cavities that are in between the teeth, where there's less exposure to saliva, are very challenging to remineralize. And so now imagine a medium-sized cavity or large-sized cavity that's already challenging to remineralize because there's been a lot more demineralization. That so medium size, large size cavity in between the teeth, that's just it's not going to happen. Yeah. Like that's that's a cavity that people should get filled. If if you don't fill it or do some sort of restoration, then the chances of some sort of disaster happening are very high. The tooth could break. Tooth could end up needing root canal extraction. You know, it's just it's best to get filled and focus on 
remineralizing your teeth to prevent uh, other problems in the future. Another type of cavity that's very challenging to remineralize are uh, recurrent decay. It's recurrent decay. So a, ca- a cavity that's formed around an existing restoration. Those are very challenging to remineralize because often the reason for the, that cavity might not even be the, the normal reasons, like the bacteria plus susceptible individual reasons. It could be something to do with the filling itself. Maybe it's it's uh, margins are having issues and the filling needs to be replaced. So sometimes those, usually those cavities are very challenging as well. Yeah, I've had those. My uh, sister-in-law is a dentist, an amazing dentist, and I go to her and she had to redo one of my fillings that had uh, become compromised and she found a cavity underneath that as Mm. well because there's some anaerobic bacteria growing or what have you. And uh, so those, obviously, it's very difficult to discover those, (laughs) you know, if they're under a a cavity uh, that's already been done. Um, So, yeah. yeah, And so um, are there any other things you do to help? Are there any practical tips you can give the listeners to remineralize their teeth? Uh, Yeah, practical tips. Well, one of the things that I think is so great for people, it's well received by parents and adults and especially children is to test their mouth pH. So children get to spit on a piece of paper and watch it turn color. Like it's just so fun for them. And it gives really powerful information. So when we have an acidic mouth, that's when demineralization is occurring. So a a neutral mouth is a goal. So pH seven is a neutral mouth. So we want to strive to have a close, as close as possible to pH seven. Anything below is considered acidic and you can tell really easily by testing your mouth pH. And if you find that your mouth is acidic, then um, there's there's some things that you can do to raise it. The simplest thing would be drink some water. You know, it's usually going to raise people's pH. Most people's pH will raise just by drinking some water. If that doesn't do it, then you, the people might need to drink something that's a little more alkaline, like um, chlorophyll drops in their water or green smoothie, anything green is very alkalizing. And and if you're not sure whether it's raised your mouth pH, all you got to do is check. Yeah. And so what does sugar do to the mouth? I know that sugar will start, when it starts decomposing, it'll start creating acids in the mouth and those will start etching away at the teeth. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So sugar is... Sugar is related to cavities on many levels. The most commonly known one is that the cavity-causing bacteria feed on sugar, and the cavity-causing bacteria produce acid as a byproduct of their. They feed on sugar and and then produce acid as a as a byproduct of doing that. So the more sugar you have in the mouth, the more the cavity-causing bacteria are going to feed on it and produce acid. And acid, the way acid works with with cavities. So our teeth are made of a molecule called hydroxyapatite. Hydroxyapatite is made up of calcium phosphate 
and hydroxyl. Hydroxyl is OH, or I like to say HO, and like a hyd hydrogen and an oxygen. So what do we know that's close to that? We know H2O is water. So this, this hydroxyl, this H molecule or uh, neural that's in hydro hydroxyapatite has a very strong desire to form water. So in the presence of acid, which is an H, an H, a hydrogen molecule, acid in the mouth will cause the hydroxyapatite molecule to break apart so that that hydroxyl can form water because it would rather form water than stay in the tooth. So that's why acid from bacteria consuming sugar or any sort of acid in the mouth is so harmful to teeth because the hydroxyapatite molecule literally dissolves and breaks apart. Um, okay, and you're asking about sugar. Other, there's other negative ways that sugar affects teeth. Um, when we consume it internally, um, sugar so inside our teeth. There's um, there's a fluid. Flow. So inside our teeth, there's there's dentin. So underneath the enamel, there's something called dentin, and underneath that, like in the very insides of our teeth, is the pulp. So that's where we have the blood vessels and the nerves. And there's fluid that flows from the pulp into the dentin. And this fluid is necessary to to protect our teeth from uh, from problems like acid produced by bacteria. It's also very important in developing teeth as well. So when teeth are developing, there's a lot of transfer of proteins and, um, and minerals between the, the pulp and into the dentin. And when we consume sugar, that the dentin, the, the flow of the fluid is reduced. So uh, studies have shown that children who consume high amounts of sugar will actually have abnormal development of their dentin in their teeth, permanently affects their teeth and can put them at increased susceptibility to cavities for the rest of their lives. So sugar, yeah, sugar it should be reduced on many levels. Yes, yeah, I agree. Absolutely. <laughs> so let's talk about hormones. Um, how do hormones affect cavities in your teeth? Yeah, um, actually, in my book, I talk about three hormones, and I'll just mention those right now. And these hormones have been extensively studied on um, in their connection with cavities. One is the thyroid. So as thyroid hormones decrease, incidence of cavities increases. And this is because a decrease in thyroid hormones is associated with an increase in acidity in the mouth and a decrease in protein content of the saliva. And decreased protein content of the saliva can 
hinder the buffering capabilities of the saliva. So when the mouth is exposed to acid, we want to be able to counteract that and neutralize it. And a decrease in protein content of the saliva will reduce the ability of the saliva to neutralize acids. Another hormone that's been studied with its connection to cavities is estrogen. As estrogen increases, incidence of cavities increases. So this is due to a few, few reasons. One, estrogen receptors are located in the mouth, in the gums, and the salivary glands. And also, um, it, is, it is thought that perhaps estrogen can have something to do with the actual dentin formation. There was a study that showed that um, decreasing estrogen levels actually increased dentin formation. They're not sure exactly how this happens, but they're thinking that there might be a correlation there. Mm -hmm. uh, this is interesting that uh, this, this one study I find to be, to, to be very interesting. In 1979, uh, the journal Community Dentistry and Oral Epidemiology published a study looking at birth control and cavities. The researchers never came to an actual definitive conclusion, but there were some, some interesting results. The group of women who were taking birth control for the longest amount of time, which in this study was 3.36 years, had significantly higher decayed, missing, and filled teeth. Also, all of the women, um, all of the women who were taking birth control had significantly higher decayed, missing, and filled teeth than the women who were not taking birth control. Wow! Yeah, that's yeah. me. <laughs> I take birth control for a very long time. I have a, had a lot of cavities and fillings and uh, tooth issues. Really? Oh, yeah, I, I believe as a as a result. Yeah. Oh, and there's there's another hormone too that's been studied, and that's cortisol and the, the stress hormones like adrenaline. And it's been found that as stress hormones increase, the incidence of cavities increases. And this makes sense. So when you're in an emergency situation, you want your body to be focusing on helping you with that emergency situation and and it does all unnecessary functions to helping you with that emergency situation are shut down or slowed. So things like liver filtration, digestion, and blood flow into the teeth and salivary glands as well. So this is a good process. Like we don't want to be asking for a raise at our jobs or competing in a sporting event and having our body focusing on protecting our teeth. We want to be focusing on peak performance, right? But problems can arise when people are experiencing chronic stress, their teeth are going to be chronically in a state that puts them more, more susceptible to cavities. Yeah. Well, how can someone reduce the amount of, uh, you know, cavity causing bacteria in their mouth? Um, well, there's, there's two ways to do that. One is to actively try to remove 
the cavity-causing bacteria. The, the most common cavity-causing bacteria is Streptococcus mutans. That's what it's called. So you can actually try to reduce your levels of Streptococcus mutants by directly attacking them. Or you can, you can load up on beneficial bacteria that will be able to reduce the levels of the bad bacteria. This, you know, it's like in your gut, you hear about that same sort of idea in your gut. So some ways to, to reduce your level, to directly attack streptococcus mutants. Uh, there's been some studies that have found natural substances such as lauric acid, which is found in coconut oil and milk, iodine, cheese, bioflavonoids, which is like uh, grapeseed extract, and clove compounds, golden seal, licorice root, and xylitol. These are all things that have been shown to directly reduce levels of streptococcus mutants um and and the other way like introducing high levels of the good bacteria this is what i say it's called recolonizing the mouth um things like probiotics probiotic rich foods and now they have probiotic gums and lozenges you can load up on the good bacteria which will resist the cavity causing bacteria and um, actually, when our teeth first erupt into our mouth, they're colonized by bacteria. And usually those bacteria stay on the teeth forever. Like unless you do some serious changes, like recolonizing your mouth, those bacteria are the same ones that the, that the same type of bacteria are, are there forever. So even though we reduce levels of them, you know, with brushing and flossing, the same type of bacteria come back over and over and over again. It's highly beneficial to have your teeth colonized by cavity-resistant bacteria as opposed to cavity-causing bacteria. So this is something important for parents to know for their children. Again, it's something that they can help their children with that could potentially help them for the rest of their lives. Um, and there's a test available, there's, there's a few tests available at dental offices um, that will test to see whether you have a high level of streptococcus mutans. And I recommend that women get this test who are pregnant or thinking about getting pregnant. And if they have a high level, then they can uh, reduce work at recolonizing their mouth, you know, with load up on probiotic foods and and also try to remove the cavity-causing bacteria directly before they have a child and then hopefully their child will will have their teeth colonized by cavity-resistant bacteria. Yeah, that's a good idea. I, I like that pre-pregnancy <laughs> planning so your child has healthier teeth. <laughs> that's yeah. just going the extra mile. I love it. <laughs> Yeah. So let me talk about a little bit about your oral hygiene regimen. You know, I, I love it when dentists tell me, I always ask them uh, when I go to my sister-in-law's or I interview dentists, what are you doing uh, to correct your oral hygiene? Like what toothpaste do you use and mouthwash, et cetera? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I, I may not be the best dentist to ask this because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like so into the the internal stuff. Like like I said, like there's the, the bacteria plus susceptible individual equals cavities. So I'm really into right now I'm really into the susceptible individual stuff. Like I really focus on boosting my internal resistance to cavities. So uh, my oral hygiene, like I don't really have anything spectacular that I do, uh, but I, I do really take care of my insides and, and notice, like you said, you noticed a decrease in your sensitivity when you changed, you know, when you, when you changed your diet and for sure from that's the same with me. Definitely. Um, what else can I say that I well, do? What mouthwash do you use, for instance? <laughs> um, I don't use any mouthwash. None? Okay. What toothpaste do you use or tooth powder or whatnot? <laughs> I can't believe you're asking this. <laughs> well, you're a dentist. <laughs> hey, this, I'm not saying that what I do is right. Yes. I, I, I honestly, I don't even use toothpaste. Really? Well, that's actually good. That's good. I know. It's so weird. You just use but a brush? Just, you just brush them? I do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know. Okay. that. And I'm not saying like people, I know people ask me all the time, they're like, what's the best toothpaste to use? But I really don't have a preference. I think if someone likes the toothpaste that they're using, then, yeah. then they should use it. If they don't like it, then they should change it. But I, I really don't, this, I really don't think that toothpaste is going to make or break things yeah. unless you want to use fluoride then like if, if you're into using fluoride then obviously you want to use a toothpaste that has fluoride in it but if you're not into using fluoride then a toothpaste if you if you like it go for it if not then there's lots of other things that you can do yeah <laughs> so are you are you a fan of fluoride um because i'm you know kind of of the bent that fluoride can be bad for you um, I definitely, when I go to the dentist, I don't have my daughter do the fluoride rinse or anything like that, but is it okay for occasional exposure, for instance, uh, when you're going to the dentist? Cause I know it hardens enamel, but is there a price to pay, you know, for that using the fluoride on a daily basis? Well, that's, um, that's something people have to come to. That's like a conclusion people are going to have to come to on their own. It's like a really personal decision. I mean, as a dentist, I see tons of different people. I see people who want to use fluoride and I see people who don't want to use fluoride and it's really not my place to say one or the other. I'm here to help people have the mouth that they want. And and if they want to use fluoride, that's that's a personal choice. If they don't want to use fluoride, that's a personal choice. Like the things that I suggest all these natural things that I suggest can be used and help people whether you want to use fluoride or not. And I really, I'm, I'm the type of person who like, I, I, I'm, I've, I'm very open minded. Like I'm not the type of person that's like, do this or you're stupid. Like yeah. I'm, I really, <laughs> I really want to help people naturally prevent and remineralize their cavities. And I think that if I take some stances like one way or the other, I, 
I think it could um, hinder my ability to reach more people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I totally understand where you're coming from. Yeah. Because there's some people, um, you know, like I have some clients that are, you know, they just have their opinion and what they think is healthy and works for them. And that's what they want to do. So I, I totally understand that stance. Um, but let's talk a little bit about children's teeth. Is there something that people or parents should be doing differently for their children's teeth? Oh, okay. Well, um, children's teeth, no, there's not something specifically different. Like what's good for the goose is good for the gander. <laughs> what's good for children is good for adults, and what's good for adults is good for children. But... For children, it is so imperative to really focus on prevention and remineralization for two reasons. One, children are at higher risk of getting cavities and cavities progress quicker in children, like studies show up to 10 times faster in children Mm -hmm. than adults. And this is because, okay, let's say you have one thing to do in a day and another day you have a hundred things to do. Which day are you more likely to make a mistake? And obviously when you have a hundred things to do, you're more likely to make a mistake. And that's the same with children's teeth. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of metabolic demands on the teeth. The teeth are developing and they also have to resist cavities. So both those things combined put them at higher risk of getting cavities. And like I said before, it's this it's during this time when the teeth are developing and things that parents do for their children during this time will permanently affect them for as long as the teeth are in their mouth. So uh, it's it's a great opportunity for parents to to really focus on making sure that their their children have a good diet and don't give them sugar all day long <laughs> sugar yeah sugar and, and um even stress stress like i mentioned the cortisol will will reduce will it'll constrict the blood flow going to the teeth and that that fluid is so important in passing along the the proteins and the nutrients from the from the pulp into the dentin and that's absolutely necessary for proper development of the dentin so when the fluid is constricted you can have abnormal development what is one piece of advice if you just tell them one thing what is one piece of advice you give the listeners okay uh well i would say that it is possible to have the healthy mouth you desire and to celebrate your successes I always tell people to open up and look in their teeth and look in their mouth. And if they have any little brown spots on their teeth and they're seeing a dentist regularly and the dentist never said this is a problem, those brown spots are probably arrested decay. And that's something to celebrate. That's awesome. You know, you, you, you healed your, your cavity that was trying to start. Um, Lots of people have arrested decay in their mouths. And in my book, I say that uh, brown spot lesions, which they're properly called, should be considered to be 
medals of honor. And, (laughs) (laughs) And I think people should celebrate it more. I find so many people are stressed out about their teeth, but it's time to, time to think happy thoughts about them and celebrate what they've done. Yeah. 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 Help you eat all day long. <laughs> I celebrate my teeth every day. Uh, so why don't you tell us a little bit about your book, how to stop cavities a natural approach to prevention and remineralization. What, what kind of uh, chapters do you have in the book and just give us a little bit of information about it. Sure. Uh, well, I talk about how to tell the difference between active and arrested cavities and what to do at your dental office, you know, how to, how to achieve these arrested decay in your mouth as opposed to having active decay. So that's one important part of it. And then another part, another important part is like all of the things that you can do. So the specifics about how to, how to, change the pH of your mouth, how to, how to improve your hormones so that they, they can, you know, help as opposed to hinder cavities. Um, I talk about matrix metalloproteinases, which is a really complicated sounding word, but are related to cavities and other parts of the body. I mean, MMP inhibitor matrix metalloproteinases are short form MMPs and MMP inhibitors are used in dentistry already. Um, any dental professional would know about periostat and periodex. These are considered MMP inhibitors, uh, but there's some natural things that that we can do to help improve our our balance. And I explain what MMPs are and a lot of research. It's all research-based. Like I, I really strive to have research backing up everything I say. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, yeah, that's my book. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> well, yeah, I definitely encourage the listeners to check it out. Um, I think it's very, very important to be paying attention to your mouth. I'm a big fan of remineralization. I'm constantly t- yammering about that on the podcast because I think it's so important. Our bodies and our teeth uh, desperately need minerals and they're deficient in the soil. So that's why people have such uh, you know bad teeth and are getting so many cavities now is because we just don't have the minerals in our food. So it keeps you dentists uh, you know, with a lot of work. <laughs> well, I have a, a question I like to ask all of my guests. What do you think is the most pressing health issue in the world today you're you're asking me oh yeah yes uh-huh what do oh. you think is the most pressing health issue today oh um <laughs> most pressing health issue i think this is gonna sound so weird but i actually think it's it's emotions i think it's stress and I think once your emotions are are under, you know, once your emotions are, are doing well and, and you're not stressed out and you're happy, I think all the rest of the health concerns will just fall into place right where they should. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I think stress is uh, the biggest problem today and leads to uh, unhappiness and depression and disease and just people really have to have a lot of tools in their toolkit to to reduce stress because we're so stressed out today. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, Judine, thank you so much for coming on the show. Do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about where they can find you and get your book? Sure. Yeah. Um, my well, my website's Judine DDS, J-U-D-E-N-E-D-D-S.com. And you can purchase my book on Amazon.com, Amazon.ca, um, as well on my website. And you can like me on Facebook as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was very, very impor- informative, and I really appreciate you coming on. Thanks for having me. It's been great. <laughs> and listeners, if you want to learn about detoxification and how to heal your health conditions naturally and all about minerals, go to my website, live2110.com. I'm all over social media, too, on Facebook. You can join the Mineral Power Support Facebook group. Um, I just open that up to everyone, so anyone can request and join. And thank you so much for listening to the Live to 110 podcast. Live to 110.